Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You that we can come together today and study Your Word together, worship together, and praise Your name together. Lord, we are able to do this by Your grace as we know that people around the world can't do this that we do. They can't gather in freedom as we do. But Lord, You have blessed us to be born in a place that we can gather freely and openly. Worship Your name. Lord, let us not take this for granted. Oh Lord, I pray today as we look into Your Word, oh Lord, speak to us. Speak to our hearts so that we might be drawn closer to You. Understand Your grace all the more. And Lord, if there are those who are running from You, touch their hearts today. Touch their hearts. Let them see Your grace that they may turn and receive it. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Jonah. Jonah chapter 2. Jonah chapter 2. Looking at the book of Jonah. Uh, looking at God's unwilling prophet and God's unyielding grace. And today as we look at Jonah and we see his song of praise that he sung from the belly of the, the whale or the fish that uh, God sent to swallow him up, we see here today the author of salvation, our Lord and our Savior. If you will, stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to you, Lord, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Amen. 
May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. You may be seated. Well, Jonah finds himself here in quite the predicament, wouldn't you say? He wakes up and uh, he is there in the belly of this fish. Now, he is there because of his own deeds, isn't he? He is there because he had disobeyed the Lord. He had went his own way. And so now he finds himself in the, the sea of God's judgment and then ultimately in the belly of this, this fish. Yet, even in the midst of Jonah's mess here, this great mess in which he has gotten himself into, God's unwilling prophet comes face to face with God's unyielding grace. And we need to understand today that as we may find ourselves drowning in the consequences of our own sin, we can turn to God and find His unyielding grace every time. Today's sermon in a sentence is this, because God is the author of salvation, turn from your rebellion, trust in His Savior, Jesus Christ, and escape His righteous judgment. Say that again. Because God is the author of salvation, Turn from your rebellion, trust in His Savior, Jesus Christ, and escape His righteous judgment. Now today as we look at this, I wanted to point out to you four things. First, Jonah's situation, then Jonah's repentance, finally God's salvation and God's Savior. Jonah's situation, Jonah's repentance, God's salvation, and God's Savior. First of all, let's look at Jonah's situation. Jonah's situation. Now, we see here in chapter 2 that this is a song. Jonah is singing a song. It's poetry. And I just think about that in this book, in the midst of this big narrative of Jonah. Here in chapter 2, Jonah breaks out in song. He does this from the belly of this fish, by the way. But here he, he breaks out in song. He adds this into his writing and I think it's, it, there's a reason for that because oftentimes we use song, we use poetry to emphasize a, an emotional uh, a connection there. This, this heightened sense of emotion, this, this emotionalism that we see in poetry. And we see in this Jonah's great distress but at the same time, his great release and relief as he meets God's salvation. But we ask, where is Jonah? What has happened to him? Well, this prayer, as I say, is he prays this from the belly of, of the fish there. I know we, we talk about the whale, but we don't really know this well. That's just kind of something we've added in. Uh, the text there just says, from the belly of the fish, the fish that God had sent. God had ordained this fish to come and swallow up Jonah. And just to think about that for a moment, that this is one of the reasons that, that people have a problem with Jonah. 
they, they try to make Jonah just a, a parable, uh, just a kind of a story, a fable that you've just thrown out there to kind of give some moral, uh, some moral lesson, and then that's all it's really there for. And, and they deny the historicity of the book of Jonah because of, of this fish, Jonah being swallowed up by this fish and being in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. How could anyone survive such a thing? And, and, and there's some truth to that. I mean, there's some, uh, you know, how could he? Right? We could not, if we were thrown into the sea and, and swallowed up by a great fish, and we were in the belly of a, a great fish for three days and three nights, I mean, really, Eventually, we would just begin to be eaten away by the, the acid in the belly of the fish, wouldn't we? And so there is a problem with that. If you deny the existence of a creator God who can and will break into history for a special time, for a special purpose, and work a miracle, a miracle of divine, uh, of divine deliverance. And that's what we see here. We see a God breaking into history. Can it be that a, a, a divine God, a God who is above nature, who is supernatural, could it be that he saw a fish in the belly of its mother's womb and knew the plans that he had for this great fish? And he created this fish. He, he made this fish grow to a size that he could hold this man in his belly. And it could it be that God protected Jonah within the walls of this fish's belly for his redemptive purposes. You see, yes, it's quite impossible for a man to be swallowed by a fish and then vomited up on dry land three days later without any harm done to him unless there is a supernatural God who breaks into history and by his divine grace delivers that man. We have such a God. So we don't need to explain away the miracle. We just need to trust in a divine God who stands above nature, who is supernatural, who can do whatever He wants to do and deliver us in whatever ways He wants to deliver us. And quite frankly, if we have a problem with God being able to divinely and supernaturally deliver Jonah from the belly of the fish after three days, then what greater problem than we, will we have when He delivers His Son from the grave? We must trust in the divine supernatural God who can deliver us supernaturally from the disasters that we get ourselves into. 
Why is Jonah in this place? As he is praying to God, now he is, and when he says this prayer, he says that he is in the belly of the fish, but when we, he gets into his prayer, this song that he is singing, this prayer that he is repeating, he, he's flashing back, he's looking back onto place where he was before he got into the fish, right? He is looking back at that point where he was thrown into the sea, and he is in the sea, he is drowning in the sea. Look at what he says there. Look at his great distress, Jonah's great distress. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the floods surrounded me. All your ways and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I, was, I am driven away from your sight. And then look in verse 5. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. At the roots of the mountains... I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Jonah was cast into the sea. And now he is there. He is sinking, sinking, sinking down deep into the sea. His, his life is beginning to faint away from him. He is drowning. 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 Have you ever been in the water and dove down and, and been in there for a long time and, and you get to that point where someone's holding you down as a kid? I mean, we used to dunk people down, right, and, and kind of hold them in there and scare them, right? And, and have you ever been in that predicament where, where you just feel like, oh, I got to get air, I got to get some air, I got to get some air, and you're just fighting, fighting to get up out of the water to get some air? I can remember one time was, uh, when I was a young 20-something, Marybeth and I went down on a, a cruise into the Bahamas, and uh, there I had bought a, a new dive watch. And, and so I decided I want to see how deep I can go with this new dive watch. And so our, our ship there, we went to a little island that they had, and I went out uh, snorkeling, and I got to a point that was really deep, so I said, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to see how deep I can go. And so I dove and dove and dove, and I got to, down to like, 32 feet uh, I mean that's that's pretty deep uh, really uh, and, and but then I looked up oh yeah I got to get back up there and so as I began to to kind of you know need that breath I needed some air I began to kick and, and paddle my way up to the land and man when I came out of that water I was happy it was, oh yes and I didn't do that again we need air, and we want air, and when we are deprived of air, man, it begins to hurt, and that's where Jonah was. He had sunk down to the bottom of the ocean. The weeds were about his head. He was at the root of the mountains. He was as low as he could go. And his life was fainting away from him. But why was he there? Why was he there? He was there because of his own rebellion. 
He had run away from God. God said, Jonah, I want you to go do this. I want you to go preach in Nineveh. And Jonah said, I don't want to do that. And Jonah ran. He tried to get away from God. And you know, God gave him what he wanted, didn't he? Look what it says there in verse 4. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Jonah had been running, 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 trying to escape the presence of God. And in God's judgment, God gave Jonah exactly what Jonah was looking for. He was driven away from the presence, the sight of the Lord. He was driven away from the presence of all the goodness of God. And in God's judgment, he was drowning away from all of God's goodness and all of God's grace. That's what judgment is, ultimately. What is hell but the complete absence of all the goodness and all the grace of God? The worst human being alive on this earth still understands the goodness of God's grace and God's mercy. For God causes the sun to shine on the evil and the righteous. He causes the rain to fall on the evil and the righteous. God's good and God's mercy is poured out upon us day in and day out even when we are in rebellion to Him Yet there's coming a day where God will pour out His judgment and a great part of that judgment is the complete absence of all the goodness of God. Jonah found himself in the midst of God's judgment in the sea of God's judgment drowning, driven away from the sight of God. He was there because of his own rebellion and his own disobedience. And who put him there? Who put him there? It wasn't the sailors. Oh yes, they were the ones who, their, their hands are the hands who, who threw him overboard. But it wasn't the sailors who put it, him there. Nor was it karma. Nor was it some kind of impersonal universe. Nor some kind of impersonal fate. He was there because a personal God, a real, supernatural, personal God put him there. Look what Jonah says, For you cast me into the deep. All your waves and your billows passed over me. I was driven away from your sight. God had put him there. God had delivered him into judgment because of his sin and his rebellion against God. Let me tell you, dear friend, because of our rebellion, we all deserve to drown in the sea of God's judgment. Did you hear that? Because of our rebellion, because of our disobedience, because of our desire to say, no, God, we all deserve each and every one of us deserve to drown in the sea of God's judgment. Psalms uh, 14, 
1 through 3 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none. There is none who does good. That means none who does good. That means you and me, none of us do good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. We are all rebels against God. Because of our rebellion, because of our sin, we deserve to drown in the sea of God's judgment. We, to be, we deserve to be in the same situation that Jonah found himself. But then we look to Jonah's repentance. Jonah's repentance. He says there, I called out to the Lord out of my distress. And He answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. When my life, skip down to verse 7, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. As Jonah was sinking, sinking, sinking down into the sea of God's judgment, as he was starving for air, longing to, to take a breath, as he became faint, as he began to feel his life leave him, he remembered the Lord. He remembered the Lord. He remembered God's goodness. He remembered His grace. And he repented. In that moment, he looked to God and he prayed, I pray to you. I call out to you. And you answered me. I cried and you heard my voice. Oh, what a glorious, blessed truth. No matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, no matter how far along we are in our disobedience to God, when we turn from our disobedience and cry out to the Lord in repentance, God hears our voice. What a blessed truth. Jonah here, he repented of his sins and God heard him. The Lord heard him in the deep. He wasn't as far away from the Lord as he thought. When he was down there at the bottom of the sea, at the, the roots of the mountains, he cried out and the Lord heard him. What a glorious truth here, my friend. As long as we have life in these bodies, we can repent and trust God's grace. Let me say that again. As long as we have life in these bodies, we can repent and trust God's grace. What a glorious truth. 
Because there are some, there's some probably here today who have been running away from God. And you're thinking in your heart, there's no way that God could love me in this place that I am in today. Oh, the drug addict who is wallowing in, in drugs and down in the gutter. As far away from God as he thinks he can possibly get, yet God is there. And if the drug addict will turn from his sins and turn to God, God is there and will hear that voice of repentance. The prostitute who is down in the gutter, running away, doing all, everything against God's Word, if she'll turn to God, God will hear her prayer and answer. You, dear friend, no matter how far away from God you think you are, as long as there's breath in your lungs, you can turn away from your rebellion. Turn to God and He will hear you. The thief on the cross thought there was no hope for him at that point, but he looked at Jesus and said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Now don't use that as an excuse to think, well, I can just live my life however I want to do it, and, and hey, just before I die, if I just repent, don't do that. Don't push your luck. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Turn to God, and He will hear you. And when we turn to God, oh dear friend, we see God's glorious salvation. God's salvation. God responds to repentance. A truth that we see over and over again in the book of Jonah. We saw it in chapter 1. We see it again here in chapter 2 when Jonah prays, when he turns to God, turns away from his rebellion. He turns to God. He prays the prayer. God is there. He hears him. God responds to repentance. God responds to repentance. When we turn away and we turn to Him, when we seek Him, He responds. Every time, He responds. God responds to Jonah's prayer by sending a fish. What a way of salvation, right? As Jonah wakes up in the belly of this, this, this fish, I mean, you and I, if we woke up in the belly of a fish, we would think that that was really not deliverance. But Jonah realized that was deliverance. God sent a whale. He sent a fish to swallow up Jonah and deliver him from God's judgment. God responded to Jonah's repentance. God responded. And Jonah sings praises to God. Those who, who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Hear what he says. If you seek deliverance in the vain things of this world, 
If you try to find salvation in in anything else other than God, you're seeking salvation in vain things, vain things that will not deliver you. You try to buy your way out of it, your money will not deliver you. You try to work your way out of it, your works will not deliver you. All the money, all the possessions, all your works will, will go away. But only one thing is eternal, and that is God. All other things are vain, are like a breath of wind. But there is salvation in the Lord, Jonah says, but with the, the voice of thanksgiving will I sacrifice to you. What I vow, I will pay. Here's the most important phrase, I think, in this whole book. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Salvation belongs to Yahweh, the Creator God, the One who is and was and forever will be. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Yahweh is the author of salvation. And the author of salvation responds to repentance with saving grace. The author of salvation, when we repent and turn to Him, He responds to repentance with saving grace. Dear friend, if you're here today running from God, repent and know the God of salvation. You can know His salvation today. You'll only turn to Him. We see God's salvation, but we also see in Jonah a glimpse, a picture of God's Savior. And looking back on this book, we can see that image. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Jonah here is meant to point us to Christ. God's unwilling prophet is meant to point us to God's willing prophet, Jesus Christ. In fact, that's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Understand that while Jonah was drowning in the sea of judgment for his own sins, it was Jesus Christ who came to drown in the sea of our judgment and our sins in our place. When he was there on the cross, he was in the sea of God's judgment for us. That's what we deserved. But Christ went to the cross for us. He drowned completely. Jonah was delivered. His life was slipping away. God delivered him. But Christ died. He went the full way. He drowned in the sea of God's judgment. And he was buried in the belly of the earth. Three days and three nights 
And then God raised him from the belly of the earth. Showing that every ounce of sin had been paid for. There's nothing left for us to do. But in Christ Jesus, we are completely justified. We are made right before God. And if we trust in Jesus Christ, we will know God's eternal salvation. Oh dear friend, oh how we see God's Savior in the life of Jonah. Therefore, dear friends, repent and trust in Jesus and know the power of God's saving grace. Repent, trust in Jesus, and know the power of God's saving grace. Christ died for you. He died for you. He drowned in judgment for you. And if you trust in Him, He will deliver you from your sin and your rebellion and give you new life in Him. Will you trust Him today? Will you trust in Christ? Will you live in Him? Today there are many who are here even today, who are drowning in a sea of regret. Drowning in a sea of guilt because of your sin. You know, you know that you have been living a life of rebellion. And you know in your heart that if you die today, you would die in God's judgment. Today is the day of salvation. Look to the author of salvation and find deliverance. Because God is the author of salvation, turn from your rebellion, trust in His Savior Jesus Christ, and escape His righteous judgment. Dear friend, are you running from God? Are you running from Him? living in disobedience. Let today be the day of salvation. Repent. Trust in Jesus. And discover God's saving grace. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we all know in our hearts that because of our life of rebellion, our life of sin, not giving You the honor and respect You deserve, not giving You the obedience that You, our Creator, deserves. Lord, we know in our hearts that because of our sin, we deserve judgment. And Lord, You didn't have to send the, the fish to deliver Jonah. You could have rightfully let him drown in his own judgment and his own disobedience. 
like you didn't have to send your son Jesus to drown in the sea of judgment for our sakes and in our place. But by your grace, you sent the way of escape. Oh Lord, if there are those today who have been running, 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 Lord, let them see Jesus. Let them turn away from their rebellion and turn to Jesus and receive the salvation that you provided him. And this I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Stand with us if you will. If you are here today and you've been running, let today be the day of salvation. Let today be the day of salvation. Turn and give your life to Christ. See this, brother. Let's sing together hymn number three.